As women, multitasking can be a valuable trait that we pride ourselves on having. Today, we will take a closer look at examining whether this skill that we take pride in is truly helpful or is it possibly hindering our overall productivity and success? We'll be exploring the science behind how our brains handle multitasking, and we'll discuss various strategies and techniques that help us stay focused and organized to optimize our efforts. Welcome to the Girls of Grit podcast, hosted by Annalisa Rhodes and Cynthia Ficarra, two professional women bringing you over 40 years experience as top performers, top earners, and leaders in the male-dominated medical device industry. Grounded in grit, our mission is to cultivate a platform that will pave the way for women to stand at the forefront of leadership, driving positive change, and shaping the landscape of traditionally male-dominated industries. We are dedicated to fostering an environment where women not only face challenges head-on, but also thrive as leaders, charting their unique course to CEO status of their own chosen career paths. Welcome to the Girls of Grit podcast. It's time to dig in. Good morning, Cindy. How are you today? I am wonderful. Good morning, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing good. So, um, so I was literally just like thinking about what we're talking about today, multitasking, and like already I'm on my phone. I'm looking at my computer. I'm like already <laughs> like I'm already getting totally discombobulated by trying to do many things at one time. Yeah. As you've made me laugh about this because, you know. I- I am such a multitasker, maybe to a fault. And this is why I'm really excited to talk about this because it may have been something that I kind of pride myself on. Um, but I got to admit, I'm not so sure that's really something to brag about at times. I mean, don't you think as women, we do this a lot? Oh, totally. Do you know, I mean, every day I'm like to my husband, I'm like, yeah, well, I can do this and this and I can write thank you letters and I can answer my phone call. What do you mean you can't get on your phone and do this, you know, put it on speaker and be on a call and look up something on Safari at the same time. And he's like, what? And I'm like, oh my God, you need to learn how to multitask. I'm so good at this. (laughs) And then, and then then I realized that like later on, he'll be like, so remember when we talked about this? And I'm like, yeah, no. I actually don't remember that. <laughs> so you weren't like, listening? wow, I wasn't even listening. I was probably on my phone, on speaker, listening to somebody talk and I'm on Safari and I don't even know, Cindy. I mean, I literally like do a million things at once a lot. And you're right. It's like something that we're like, ooh, we're so great at this. But then when you catch yourself in your mistake, you're like, wow, how did I make that stupid mistake? And then when you so think when back, you- you're like, oh, I was doing 10 time, 10 things at the same time. So when you, your husband's on his phone and you ask him a question, does he look up and does he answer and does he hear you? Oh my God. No, he doesn't even hear me. Like, I'll be like, hello. (laughs) Hi, can you hear me? And he's like, what, what? And I'm like, dude, can you not like text and talk at the same time? He's like, no, Mm -mm. I really can't. I'm like, dude, really? Because I do that that, all day long. (laughs) That's crazy because there's a lot of men like that. I mean, there's men we work with that will say, hold on a minute. I can't. And I'm thinking to myself, 
maybe I should start doing that because I, I mean, literally they can't hear what you're saying and they can't do two things at once. So why do females do that? I think I don't know, we, we pride ourselves that. on doing things all at once. I don't know. I mean, like we're talking about right now, you know? So yeah. So I'm really glad we're talking about it because I feel like with every episode, by the way, when we discuss things, I usually always like take something away. I'm usually learning something. And I think on this one, I'm definitely learning that multitasking may not be in my best interest at all times, especially maybe where like business is concerned, you know, like important things where you really need to be detailed oriented. You can't have your phone ringing or you're texting while you're learning something like you just can't do that. I agree. And so I I think it, it poses the question for a lot of females when we're multitasking, are we making more mistakes? You know, do we retain, like you just said, you didn't hear what he said. Do we retain less information? I mean, so mm-hmm. what, what are we doing to ourselves that we can't comprehend this? Um, I want to, give me a second while we're here. I was just researching different articles because, you know, me when it comes to things like this, I got to look at the science behind it. So this is an article. This is from University of Southern California. I will put it in our show notes. And it's really talking about multitasking, but it's like the looking at the benefits and then also drawbacks, but it comes down to how our brains handle like multiple things at once. So I think it's pretty interesting. The prefrontal cortex, again, frontal part of your brain will work anytime you have to like start paying attention to something. So this is the area of your brain that you pay attention on one thing. So Let's think of it like this. If you're doing a single task, like you just said, uh, let's make it some laundry, okay? Mm -hmm. You're going to use both sides of your your frontal cortex. They're just going to work together. Okay, I'm just doing laundry. But now when you add another task, when I say both sides, I mean left and right. When you add another task, now you're forcing your left and your right side of the brain. Now they got to work independently with one another. So then I think this is where you kind of can hinder your productivity or, or, or cause a mistake. So if you're performing like simple everyday things, like you're walking down the street on your way into a hospital and you're texting and talking, that's much easier to do than like a real complicated task. Like we all know what texting and driving can horrendously do. So you're, it's, it comes back to how your brain processes what you are trying to accomplish. So simple tasks will take less demand by using two fronts together. Everything works better in a team, right, Lisa? Mm-hmm. If you're doing one thing, it's much easier than to switch into another task. So then what do we do to our brains when we are multitasking? We're like complicating ourselves neurologically. And I just, I found that so fascinating. So I'm going to link this article for anybody who wants to hear about that because I want both sides of my brain working together. I need it sometimes. Yeah, no kidding. I'm, you know, what's funny. Like as I'm listening to you, it's making me think like sometimes I physically feel like my brain isn't clicking. Does that make sense? Like sometimes when I'm doing (laughs) multiple things, I can tell that all of my attention isn't on one or the other. And I, I literally feel like split in half. But of course, I'm so used to that. I'm like, oh, it's just part of my multitasking feature. Um, but mm. I was thinking about this when you were talking about walking <laughs> and, and texting. So, oh my gosh, I have to tell you this. So 
I, this literally just happened. I'm so embarrassed by the way. So the other day I walked in, I was, <laughs> I went back to the core part of the hospital because I was looking for some product and I got a text message. So I pulled my text message out of my phone. Um, you know, I was in, I was in lead and I pulled it out of my lead pocket and I'm looking at the text message and I swear to God, Cindy, I opened the door to the OR room and I'm like, Hey, I have the, you know, whatever it was that I pulled. And one of the fellows looks at me and by the way, they're literally prepping the other patient he's covered, but they're like prepping for another case. And I'm like, and it didn't even occur to me. It didn't even occur to me. And he's like, Hey, so Lisa, are are we using you for this case? And I'm like, Oh my God, I just walked into the wrong OR. I mean, I was masked. I was totally like sterile, but like, it was so bad to me. I like backed out. I'm like, oh my God. I was praying to God that the attending didn't see me walk into the room and then walk right back out. I was like, whoa, that was a really bad mistake. So like, yes, yes, yes. Well, You're absolutely I, right. We absolutely gonna, sometimes need full attention. <laughs> I might disagree that it was a really bad mistake. I think that that was a legit mistake. That's like easy to write off, but Lisa, wait a minute. Let's like, what if that were different? What if you just said you had your your product you're bringing in, right? What if you were very distracted when you ordered the product? Okay, what if you walked into that room with the wrong product? Oh. That would be really bad. And that would be where maybe when you ordered the wrong product, were you multitasking instead of not concentrating on that detail-oriented task that you really needed to concentrate on. And I think sometimes we we get so used to being, to doing the multitasking and we've gotten away with it for so long with no mistakes that when the mistake does happen, you're like, holy crap. Oh my God, how did that even happen? Because we've gotten so used to being multitasking in everything that we do and we're pretty efficient at it. But I truly think that these there are certain tasks that really do need our dedication and focus only on one thing. I mean, we do that when we're in the OR, right? I mean, we mm -hmm. put our phones away. We put the, pro we've talked about this. We've put the life problems at the door. We leave everything at the door so that we can concentrate on the one thing, which is the patient on the table and the case that we're in and supporting it. But why do we not do that in other things, you know, that we, that clearly also need our full attention. And that, and that's really, really a good um, point to bring up because, you know, what we do is at times very intense. Not every minute of our day is that way. <clears throat> but if you're in a job that is medical device and you have a patient on the table, you have to do everything right. And in all fairness, it is a high demand job. And in a high demand job, what do I mean by that? You have multiple things coming your way at once. And while women can tend to tack it all on, you know, answer the call from the boss, why there's a child pulling at their leg if they're at home, while they're thinking about, I gotta go pick this person up, don't forget to go do this. But the problem is if we overdo it, we may, it may be detrimental to us. So I think it's really important to point out while something women stereotypically do mm -hmm. may not be the best. And, and I think discussing this and bringing awareness to it can help. I actually, in the research that I was doing earlier, there is a article in the Journal of Experimental Psychology. It's titled Human Perception and Performance. And this actually discusses that multitasking was found to be less efficient 
because the time it takes to shift mental gears every single time you're changing a task is what can cause the hindrance to what you're trying to accomplish. Um, so yeah. I, I think that's pretty interesting. And it that was is- kind of eye-opening to me because I do need to pay attention better. Yeah, I- that's really interesting. I actually never even thought about that, but that's a really good point. I mean, I know there's, I know that there's benefits to being able to multitask. I mean, just the other day I was on a call for the company and I was, um, actually doing some teaching and I had to get my daughter from school because, um, we just, we couldn't get, um, other, uh, pickup routines for her taken care of. So I had to do it. And it's funny because my kids are, this is so terrible, but it's so true. My kids are so used to me working (laughs) during the time that I'm, I'm like supposed to be with them. So like I had texted her, she's 10 by the way. Um, yeah. So I texted her and said, Hey, sweetheart, I need you to be extremely quiet getting into the car because mommy's on a call and I have to talk on the call. And so of course, you know, and now I buffered everybody and let them know that she was getting into the car. Cause I knew there was going to be some sort of ruckus, but it was like, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I had to have somebody repeat the question. Um, and for a split second of time, Cindy, I forgot where I was going in my car. So it's like, again, that- you know. Like we're good at it and we can do it. Like you were saying with the child tugging at the mom's knees while she's, you know, maybe presenting or whatever it is, we can do it, but it doesn't mean it's right. So I think what you're bringing up is really important. Distractions, 100% with a capital D distractions. That's what it is. You know, I mean, you think about people that, um, I remember I was at a gas station once and there was a woman on the phone and the gas pump, you know, she had the gas pump in and she answers the phone. She goes around to the front and there was another man in a van that pulled up next to her. She gets in her car and drives away as the thing pulls off, which I did not know her safety in that case. <laughs> Cindy, I've done she that. Out of the car and the, the guy says, you were distracted. And the poor girl was like, you know, Girl, I've done that. I've literally done that like three times. I'm not even kidding you. And one time I was on the phone with my husband when I did it. It's so embarrassing. And yes, by the way, there is a safety mechanism. The thing just like you, you, you pull off the whole hose. I'm not even kidding you. And then, and then the worst part is like usually I mean this has happened three times to me okay when I say usually that's a problem it's a really big problem um it's dark out right it's taken like thrown on the ground really quickly and I'm like oh god I gotta go like I literally just leave the scene of the Little crime do you know your I mean, license plate is captured on camera Lisa <laughs> girl I know I know it's so bad but li- it's like a joke now so when I'm talking to him he's like did you hang up the gas pump I mean it's that bad <laughs> When it happens and okay and that's not good it's not good to be distracted <laughs> it's not and, and fortunately the pump doesn't blow up and you, and you were all good but you know I think these are all real wake-up calls for us when you put it in the business world and we are tasked with so much so what do you do when you've got a lot on your plate and um you actually just said something a few minutes ago and it reminded me of a book the title of the book is called The One Thing. I don't know. Have you ever heard of it? Have you ever read it? No, I haven't. Okay. What is it it's about? It sounds written, really, it's, really sounds really good. It's written by Gary Keller and Jay Papison. And believe it or not, I actually had a male coworker give me this book. When we talked about 
you know, different things that help you with your work. And we were discussing stuff one day and he's like, this book was a great book and it's called The One Thing. And so the whole premise of the book is when you focus on one thing at a time or one thing that's going to move your business, then that's going to really make the difference in what you do. And um, actually this book had a profound effect on me that I actually remember the quote that's mentioned multiple times with the book that he he focuses, it's a question, not a quote. So in this book, the one thing he says, and I hope I'm, I hope I'm saying this correct, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing everything else will be easier or unnecessary? And so it's not so much about multitasking, but it does align with what we're discussing because if you if you, you know, appropriately use your time to your advantage, you know, maybe that call that you had when you're picking up your daughter could have been moved back 15 minutes mm-hmm. to where, not all the time. And believe me, if you're out of the OR later and you can't put, that's one thing. But I think that one takeaway from having this discussion is I just wanted to kind of discuss with you your thoughts on multitasking and what can we do to take something that sometimes can be beneficial but also recognize the, the the pitfalls of it and and really recognize it. So going forward, we don't make mistakes. Making a mistake about the wrong room when it's somebody you know, wonderful. Making mistakes of walking in the room with the wrong graft, terrible. So I want everyone to just kind of stop and pause and think, what are we doing and are we doing it efficiently? Yeah, that's that's a great point. You know, another thing that you do really well, you do it way better than I do is time blocking. I mean, you're very efficient, Cindy, with your, um, you know, your list, your, your plan for the quarter, for the month, for the year, um, way more than I am. And Mm -hmm. one thing that, you know, this, one of these articles mentioned is time blocking. And I will be honest, um, you know, in my to-do lists, like, I think sometimes in my head, I have an idea of how long that's going to take me. And then of course, but, but okay. So it takes you 20 minutes or it takes you 30 minutes, but what you, what I don't do is I don't say, but I'm going to draw a line. If my phone rings, I'm going to draw a line. If I get that text message, because I don't draw that line. So I may quote unquote time block for reading a film or whatever I'm doing, but then if my phone rings, I'm answering the phone. So now I've gotten distracted from my time block. So how do you, how do you do that more efficiently and effectively? Cause I don't really do a very good job of that. That is an excellent question because <clears throat> over the past six months with rolling into a new role, I've had to actually take a good look at what I've done because to exactly what you said, I can plan my day and say, this part of my day, I'm doing this, this part of my day, I'm doing that. And I really try to stick to that. I do believe getting up early helps. I get a little bit of time that's quiet before the distractions start. So that has helped me. Um, one thing that I've done different is don't laugh, you know, me getting more detailed is prioritize my time blocking. So what I mean by that is anytime a doctor calls, I drop everything. That is the number one priority. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. It doesn't matter where I am. Immediately. I answer hands down. So when I'm doing something important that requires concentration, they are my only exception. And I, and I only do it for like 10, 15 minutes because if somebody else calls, I'll quickly say five minutes, 10 minutes. That's hard for me to do because I want to answer everybody right away. 
And it was actually my husband that said, is that something? He's like, well, you keep stopping and you're answering the call. I'm like, but I have to. And he said, do you? And I said, yes, I have to get back to them. But then I asked myself, would five minutes matter or not? And I've actually told some of my coworkers, if I give you my, call you back in five or 10, if this is important, just immediately write back 911 and I'll drop. Because I had a couple of weeks leading up to before the holidays where I wasn't doing that. And I got really far behind and I got tired and I'm not productive and I'm not efficient and I'm not doing any good when I'm so exhausted because I was trying to do everything at once. So that is a perfect example of when multitasking did not help me trying to be everybody to everything. I'd much rather be priority to the person who's calling, make them a priority, wait five minutes, and then make that next person a priority and the next person. And I've um, actually, it's been working pretty well. Um, I'm sure I'll fall back next week, but it's okay. I mean, you never know up and down, but it's definitely something worth trying is really blocking your time to the best you can. But I always stop for a doctor. Yeah. No, wow. That's really great. I actually really, I'm shaking my head because all of that really makes sense to me when it is something detail oriented, when it is really important, you do need to take the time and just use that prefrontal cortex. Now that we're defining that to its best ability, right. And not take away from that because I mean, let's face it, we're all in this world, in this medical device world, there are times when we need to be focused on exactly what the procedure is, the product is going to do, or, you know, a physician, they all take priority. They are our number one priority. And like you said, if a coworker calls or someone else calls and you give them, you know, the, the automated, Hey, give me five minutes. You're right. To let them know that there is that out for that 911 is, is important because it's telling them that they are important too. It's just that you're busy and tied up, but you'll get right back to them unless they need you immediately. And then you'll drop everything like you, like you should like, like that's a great response to it. I like that a lot. I think for me, I'm going to need to start drawing some of those boundary lines, you know, um, especially the answering of the text messages. I don't know about you, but I was, I was thinking mm -hmm. and sitting here, I'm that person that has to have zero mail. Me too. Mailbox. Uh, even, I even my crappy mailbox, even my Yahoo crappy mailbox, I have to mm -hmm. zero it out. So, but that's ridiculous, right? Like, isn't that kind of silly? So like, I'll find myself when yeah. I'm supposed to be listening to something, clearing out my mailbox probably not the best use of my time. So I need to, I need to learn honestly. So my husband, I think he's got like a hundred thousand emails. He's never looked at. He's got like a good 500 text messages that he's never read. I'm like, dude, that gives me how anxiety. Do you, how do you, how do you <laughs> operate like that? Like, no way. Mine has to be all read, all acknowledged, all responded to even because if I don't respond to them, I'm going to forget about them by the way. So like, I don't get that, but to his credit, they're all crap. Anyhow, they're all like, they, they don't matter. They're probably trash emails and those automated text messages. Right. So they're, they're not important to him enough to even spend his brain power on. And I will say, since we're talking about this, men are very good at compartmentalizing men mm -hmm. are so good at taking one box. Like we talked about this, right. Women have this crazy, this head of like all the, not crazy. These women have this head of you know, wires going everywhere and everything's interconnected and we're just constantly being pulled. Men literally have one box. They pick it up, they put it down, they go into that box, they do what they need to do in that box and they take the box, they put it aside and they grab the next box. 
We don't do that as a natural female thing. But I think what you're talking about in terms of this time block or this detailed oriented time where it's just focus on one thing, that's compartmentalizing. That's putting all of your effort into one thing and not allowing anything else to distract you. And I think that's really important, especially when it calls for that, you know, is it, it doesn't need to even be life or death. It just needs to be extremely important. And I'm going to tell you about email because you are exactly right. Um, That email that you're talking about with being overloaded, one difference is in our job, we have to sift through important emails. Let's face it, in your inbox for work, you don't occasionally get some junk email, but it's not advertisements like your personal email. So for, for things like that, one of the things that is in my normal morning routine, which, you know, sometimes you're leaving at 545, there's no morning routine in this job if you don't have a case or whatever. But if I have 45 minutes in my office, I literally will set my phone for 15 minutes. I have 15 minutes to get through what I call wow. email jam, email jail. And after 15 minutes, I got to move on to the task I'm doing. I can't tell you years ago, I would sit down. I'm like, okay, I know I need to maybe say email this person or set up an appointment. And I pull up my email 25, 35 minutes go by. Cause I'm like, Oh, let me respond to this. Oh, let me look up that. Oh, where's, Mm -hmm. where is the attachment that goes to that? Let me send this to this person. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. emails come in. And when you sat down, did you write that email you needed to do to set your appointment? The answer is no. So I really learn to time block and say, what are the three most important things I need to do in the morning? And I do it first. I glance at email to see, is there something urgent? But the hard part is like restraining yourself from digging into them. I mean, there could be, I mean, now in two roles, I mean, yesterday with driving and coming to a different place, I had 76 emails from the time I left in the morning to later. Yeah. And and our days are filled with that kind of stuff. I mean, I think every day is a new day and you're going to get different challenges that are going to pull you away from what your tasks are. I think, you know, we talked about this as well as keeping that to-do list, keeping the top of mind, setting your goals. If your goals are to hit X, Y, Z, and let's just say you've been pulled away from this for many other reasons, you still got to find a way to come back to those top goals to make sure you're on that path that you set forward for yourself for the next quarter or for the next year. So, um, you know, again, being able to compartmentalize, writing it down, time blocking, I think is super key. I really like your idea of the time of like literally setting a timer on your phone and saying, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give this whatever task it is, 15, 20 minutes. And, and, you know, I mean, in every one of those tasks is going to be different. Like an email can be like the 15 minute reading a CTA may take 30 minutes and may take 45 minutes. And then if, if that's the case, then you got to make sure you actually have that time to sit and do it. Don't like screw yourself over (laughs) lack of a better term by saying, okay, I know this, the CT is like super complicated. I got 10 minutes to read it. Well, okay. That's not going to help you at all. And by the way, then you're going to be stressed looking at it. You're going to zoom through it. You're going to be distracted and you're probably not going to catch everything you need to catch. So it's like, you also have to define what that need is in that time block and set it appropriately. Don't give yourself 10 minutes to look over a a CT scan. That's going to take you 45. Well, that's the point of prioritizing and time blocking. 
So I said, what are the three most important things that requires all of your attention? So you focus on that. You don't have to set a timer. <clears throat> My point about the timer is like email jail, where the things that you know will suck you into being distracted mm. and doing other things. And let's face it, and this is human nature, and I know there's been books written on this. When we know we have to do something and we really don't want to do it, human nature tends to push it off, right? So if you say, if I get this done first thing in the morning, then it's done. Then you can spend later on in the day scrolling through emails that weren't as important or getting back to people to see when you can. But the other thing is save Yahoo email when you're waiting in a doctor's office if you can't do something for work or you're waiting to pick up your daughter from a carpool line, something like that. Like, Or just wait till you sit down at dinner and real quick scroll through doesn't have to, your your Yahoo email, unless it's something urgent, certainly doesn't have to filter into a couple hours that you put all your left and right brain into work because you'll be better, you'll be more productive. Yeah, I definitely think I'm going to be more aware of the choices that I make and the times that I choose to do certain activities. I mean, again, going back to our original conversation of the multitasking of doing laundry and other things, can you do laundry and, you know, listen to... I don't know, maybe it's a book on tape that you wanted to listen to. Maybe it's the book you just recommended, the one. You could potentially be folding laundry because that's pretty mindless and listening to a book. That's probably an okay multitask. But again, like you and I described, when it becomes something super detail-oriented, um, you really need to compartmentalize. And you know, I was thinking about this, Cindy, before we wrap up, is that, you know, I love really, I love looking at really strong women and, and, and women in leadership, like big leadership positions, like CEOs of companies and, you know, COOs. And um, one of the females that I just continually admire her is Condoleezza Rice. And everyone knows who she is. I mean, she's secretary of state. She's held many offices. Um, she's been, She was actually one of the highest ranking African-American women in the entire U.S. up until Obama took over as president. So she is a very highly recognized woman. I can only imagine the demand of her job and the tasks that she was given and how did she, she had to have compartmentalized those. She could not have sat down and made a massive, huge decision when other things are flying at her. And those things don't have to be little piddly emails. Those could be, hey, while this is happening, the trade over in you know China or whatever is also, I mean, it could <laughs> be like really big things that are pulling her away from another big task. So she absolutely must have learned how to compartmentalize and literally break things down and set those, set those expectations ahead of time. And I think when you think about somebody like that, I may not ever become a woman like her, but we all want to become CEOs of our own career paths. We have to think like those women. We have to act like those women. We have to do the things that they do in order to maybe just clear out all the rest of the clutter. So do you think she's sitting there scrolling through Yahoo emails and clearing them out? We're just talking <laughs> about trains to China. Nope. You know, nope. it's baby steps. So just, I mean, very simple for anybody out there who has the habits that Lisa and I just discussed or the routine or the fallback next time think when you're in the middle of one task, do you have to be doing the other one? Can that wait? I think the hardest thing in deciphering anything in multitasking is prioritizing. And when you know your priorities, everything else is going to fall into place. At least that's the way I look at it. In summary, 
Research suggests that engaging both the left and right brain together, specifically in the prefrontal cortex, while focusing on a single task, can lead to better productivity and outcomes. By avoiding that urge to multitask and instead allocating dedicated blocks of time to complete one task before moving on to the next can really enhance concentration, efficiency, and overall performance. It's really about finding that focused flow state and allowing our brains to fully immerse themselves in the tasks at hand. Well said, Cindy. So today our call of action is simple. Be aware of what are your priorities, identify them, and then compartmentalize. Learn how to focus on one task at a time and complete that to its highest level. Remember, a jack of all trades is a master of none. Thank you so much for joining us again on another episode of the Girls of Grit. We are so happy to have you. Please continue rating us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we'd love to hear from you. So please write into us on LinkedIn as well as Instagram. Have a great day and a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. All you need is a little bit of grit to be your best today and build for tomorrow. Find us on Instagram at The Girls of Grit, our website, thegirlsofgrit.com, and LinkedIn, The Girls of Grit.